Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel there. Make sure you like and subscribe. Also go to FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell that one out for content without a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes Prize Picks. Use the code 5FIVE. Get your initial deposit matched up to $100. We've told you many a time now. You can play any kind of sport there, not just the NBA. And you can pair players together from different teams, different sports, two to, two to six players all over the map. Google Play Store, Apple App Store, most important thing. Use that code 5FIVE. And now, tonight's episode. Down to this day. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. It's Ethan Skolnick. Yes, I'm back. Took a little mini vacation, camping trip with my daughter. Did not have access to the two Heat games live, so I was following them sort of on Twitter. Um while various camping activities were taking place. And I'm not being blamed for anything because I wasn't at either game. Greg was at the second game. He wasn't in Milwaukee, but he was in Charlotte, but he was working the Milwaukee game. So blame him. Got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. You could blame us, though, for doing that Green Shoots episode right when the second half started. Could we talk the best, best case scenarios? And then they've, they've now come out with the worst possible case scenario. Um, I have gotten a chance to catch up on the games. I fast-forwarded them. I will acknowledge that. Uh, Milwaukee, the, the 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 disappointing thing there is that it showed you how far away you are. Like, if yeah. you didn't know it already, now you know. And then Charlotte, the disappointing thing there is you're not even as good right now as the worst team in the East. And you've lost to them twice now in less than a month. And there are no excuses because everybody was healthy except Kyle Lowry, who nobody has wanted to be playing. So Barry Jackson, uh, Greg, had a very smart tweet today, I thought. And it's it's kind of what we've done here at the network. And I think we've all done. And he, he, he basically said, there's nothing to look forward to now. Like before it was, okay, get to the summer. Now nothing happens over the summer. Then it's get to the season and wait till the Deadman contract be traded. Okay, well, then that happened. Then nothing happened. Trade deadline, then nothing happened. Then the buyout deadline, okay, it'll get better then. Okay, and they did add a player, and maybe he still needs to be acclimated, but he got hurt in his first game. He didn't shoot the ball well in his first game. He was better in the second game in Kevin Love. But there's nothing else to point to now. That's his point. Like, there's nothing else to – like, there's no – okay, it'll get better when this happens. It'll get better when these guys get healthy. But still, but still, but still, as I've said all year long, right? And but still, this team is trending down. They've lost four in a row. And, you know, it, it's funny because Barry actually, when we kind of tweeted back and forth, and he said that the beat guys, okay, like 
and I'm not a beat guy anymore, but the people have been there a long time, like, you know, Anthony and Ira and Barry and me have been preaching patience because there's trust in the organization. It's not because we're being fed a bunch of BS. Okay. We're allowed to, we can sift through the BS. All right. Yes. We're fed more than most, but we can sift through it. But like, there's nothing we can point to anymore. Like there's nothing we can say, well, this will get better if this happens. This is who they are, unfortunately. And I think Greg, we got to focus on is doesn't seem to be Jimmy's fault. Doesn't seem to be Bam's fault. Tyler scored big in this last game. But it looks like they need to basically swap out every other supporting player on the team right now. They do. That's what's discouraging. It is because they were so close and and now they're so far. And just let me just say that the vibe in Charlotte, particularly as that thing unfolded and they went down 20 in the first half after getting just clobbered in Milwaukee. Uh, some of the stuff late in the game, just watching Jimmy, how deflated everyone was around the team. It was just not how the normal Miami Heat are, even in when they're in business mode and things are super serious, it's always with a level of um, that they're that they're channeling their energy towards something. This was not that. This was like everyone's over it. And they're sick of this. And as this stands today, yes, they're in the seventh seed, which means they'd be part of that play-in tournament. Uh, but frankly, if you look in the loss column, they're four games back of the five seed, two, two back, and I'm talking just loss column, not games back, of number six, New York. They're essentially just as far from falling to eleven because they're four games uh, away from Chicago, who's in 11th and out of the play-in scenario completely, as they are getting to the fifth seed. So to your point, you're nailing it in that they've came out from the All-Star break in the flattest, worst way possible. We know when you get new players, sometimes it takes a couple games to acclimate. They don't have that. And that's like part of like what's drying up, dried up in terms of opportunities to improve yourself. Well, also now you're at the point where the season's almost over. You can't afford to spend three weeks trying to integrate players. And that's what happens when you wait until the very last moment to pull the one lever you got left and this is who you add. And so I think they're in a position where the only part of this that I think, um, I guess as a fan, I would take away and start to look at one, they could obviously go on on a win streak, but I'm not going to keep preaching that bullshit. The other part of it is this. We've seen them completely transform rosters around two superstars before. So I think that there's precedent for it. And I would imagine that that would be the goal this summer. Well, it should be the goal of the summer, but the question is, can you get there in one piece? I I guess when we're, we're talking about the break, they had seven days, eight days. And it almost seems like they all went wherever they went and realized they weren't good enough. It's like they just realized that this whole thing was pointless. And I, I keep saying this on these podcasts, okay? And I had someone in the organization reach out to me and tell me to stop saying it. But I, I not 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 one of the primary decision makers, but but somebody who's been there a long time. And he's like he's like you you're you just keep saying like every season has meaning. And I said no, it doesn't. I said doesn't. I said moments have meaning. You know, taking your kid to the game for the first time has meaning, right? Uh, you know, 
Tyler Hero hitting a big shot has meaning. You know, beating a bad team at home when you're down 15, which I, they did recently, can't remember which one, has meaning. Okay. But seasons as a whole have meaning or they don't. Okay. And in an organization like this, it's not championship or bust. It's not. I know what. There are 30 teams in the NBA. The Heat, it just came out the other day, like since 1999, they have the best record in the NBA. Okay, basically, you know, when Riley, you go back to Riley 95, obviously, but I'm saying like they, they have been a significant player in, in not just in, in our space here locally where they've transformed the town to a large degree uh, to more of a basketball town and, and to that younger generation, which only remembers the Heat winning, not the Dolphins or Canes winning. Uh but but also with the league as a whole, they, they have been there as a pinnacle type organization. Okay, whether they've gotten the credit for it or not. And, but and, and, but during that period of time, like we've talked about, there have been seasons that just do, did not matter. They weren't even seasons to get them anywhere. You know what I mean? Like uh, like the, okay, you could talk about the 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 oh nine ten season, right? Which they you know they kind of put things on hold to a certain degree. If they got Lamar Odom, they, they might not have. But they put things on on hold to a, to a certain degree, and then obviously. You know, Dwayne wanted help, and they had a plan to get him the most possible help that a superstar could get, right? Okay, so that season had meaning. The 08-09 season had meaning because it was Eric's first season, and it was, it was you know, Dwayne's recovery season, and it was coming back. It was the organization's recovery season from 15 and 67. The 16-17 season had meaning because even though that team missed the playoffs by one game, they put on one of the greatest shows in the second half for an undermanned, under-talented Team, we can talk about them paying all of them afterwards, whatever. But that was fun. Like they won thirteen in a row. They couldn't lose with O'Carroll White playing. Okay, like they were, you know, Dion and, and Dragic were terrific together. And then there were seasons like the two thousand one, you know, two thousand two season, where like a bunch of guys like Kendall Gill and Cedric Sabalos and and Travis Best had all been better somewhere else. Just came basically for a year, right? Nobody remembers that damn year, right? Right. This is becoming a season that nobody is going to want to remember. Like there may be more moments than two years ago, but like nobody's going to celebrate this season in any way. For what? It was UD's last season. I will tell you, I talked to UD, okay, in the locker room about a month ago. And he, I want, and, and people know I've known UD since his summer league, okay, with the Heat, his first summer league. So we have a long standing relationship. He's honest with me, okay? And I just walked up to him and he just shook his head. I said, How's it going? He says, some way to end my career. That's how it's felt. And he yeah. wasn't just talking about the basketball. There, obviously, there was the FTX stuff, and he's had a lot of loss close to him lately. A lot of people close to him have passed. Uh, but it's just all of it, right? And it's just, it's just not fun. And I think you're sensing that in Charlotte. I obviously haven't seen the team in a little while. Okay, I will this week when they come up in this homestand. But it has seemed like that to me too. Like they just – I don't know. In training camp, the vibe was off. Um, I asked Spolster about it. He talked about the ambition of some of these guys and he seemed encouraged by it, but I couldn't tell if he totally was, you know, that everybody seemed to want some kind of a different role and all that. There was a little disease of me that crept in with his team. It seemed like before the year, but also a disease of me and then a defeatism. Like, it's like, okay, yeah. I deserve more, but this team doesn't deserve anything like it, as a whole. Like it's just, and it's just been that weird vibe and I just think Greg Barry hit it. Like there is nothing else for us to point to at this stage. Like they have a six-game homestand coming up. They could lose all six of those games. Look at the look at the teams they're playing. Yeah, it's tough. And like this is the biggest part of it. And and um, John Jablanca, shout out to him for a great thread. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter, I would go check his timeline. 
Um, I don't know the timestamp, but that's not relevant where he shows that the heat are getting great shots. Like against Charlotte last night, there was great shots to be made and they're just inexplicably missing shots in ways that they were making them last year. And so I guess maybe, um, at least it's before you sign a lot of these guys to long-term deals. If I want to be optimistic, but it's the weirdest turn for a heat team that I can remember in terms of trajectory, you go from being a contender, you go from being a team that basically brings back that same contending group. And it's not the players. It's not the faces. It's not the names. It's the disposition. It's the connectivity of the group. And that's bizarre for heat teams. That's just one of the things that if this is remembered, it's going to be remembered for the time that they were that close, didn't go all in. And then it backfired. And the difference between this and say the 06, 07 team is that that team won a championship. Okay. Like, you know, that team completely fractured after the 06 yeah. title. We, we knew they would. Twan said he was going to keep drinking until camp. He did. They okay. get like Posey two got years. Yeah. I mean, they just, they, Gary Payton, there's this great story. Okay. Uh, Mike Wallace, a uh, good friend who covered the heat for, for a while is now doing great things, uh, you know, in the Memphis broadcast booth and other uh, things along those lines. We always talk about this, this, what we overheard me, him and, and George Sedano, when we were in Chicago the next year for the playoff series and Gary Payton's coming off the court. Right. And Gary, you know, Gary, you know, he could be, you know, a little gnarly about certain things. Right. Like he was one of those personalities, Jay will Payton, Posey, uh, Antoine Walker. Like it worked for a moment, right. Long enough for Dwayne to lift all right. It worked for a moment. I mean, UD says the craziest locker room he's ever dealt with. And I believe him on that, but we, GP was coming off the court. And something had gone wrong. This was not when he had the issue with with Dwayne on the court in Chicago, because that actually led to something good. They 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 would you know that tied that series at two, and then Dwayne went nuts and all the rest of that. Um, but GP goes on the court, and goes, I don't give a f. He goes, I got my ring. And and that was the mentality of that team. Like they came together. It was a mercenary mission. Okay, Shaq wanted to validate what he'd done. You know, in in with the Lakers, right? And. Dwayne was ascending and the rest of them, they were mercenaries and they came together, but they won a damn ring. Like this team, you know, was a Jimmy Butler shot away from the finals, but it does seem like it's like they realized that's his. And, and, and I saw someone else tweeted this and I, I want to attribute it, but they took a, a snapshot of that, of Jimmy rising up. I saw this a couple days ago. Okay. Jim, I did, you know, I did have my phone on the camping trip. I'm sorry. My daughter did too, but I'm like, and she's eight, but basically like, there's a picture of, of Jimmy rising up. Somebody tweeted this out and it's like, this is as close as this group is. This, this was the, the apex for this group. Jimmy's shot in, in the conference finals. And I know they got to the finals two years prior, but well, this particular group, right. And, and everything has been downhill from there. Giancarlo Navas. Um, he tweeted that photo and said, okay. I'm still, I'm st And so I don't know that it's, uh, the same tweet, but it's it's heading down that street in terms of that. He said, I can't believe that shot didn't go in. I'm still not over it. And I feel like that hangover. And I guess that's kind of the word I'm going to use for it. Ultimately, shout out to hangover time. But this Miami Heat's team hangover, they've never gotten over it. And that is, I think, ultimately where we'll land, because when you bring back the group that's that close, 
uh, the only thing you could look at is things internally because you, you you relied on internal factors to be what was going to make this work. And it ended up actually being what makes it kind of crumble. And that's just it's disheartening because this damn group is good. I still believe a Jimmy and Bam build is good enough to win a championship. And I think the heat organization does too. And so this summer should, should be interesting. And they still have a shot these last 20 games. Like that's the crazy part about parody in the NBA. They can win four straight and all of a sudden they goes yeah, away, but, I, yeah, but it I, goes away temporarily. No, I know. I'm, not, I'm not about to, I, to... Can't, I can't, I can't, I, I know that. And I understand what you're doing and I know you're not sunshine pumping. I mean, it's just reality, but I, I can't go. I can't. I mean, you, 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 you're trying to make a statement coming out of the break. You lose by 30 in Milwaukee, and then you lose in Charlotte again. And I'm like, I don't even know half the guys Charlotte's playing. They're not even playing to try to win anything. You know what I mean? I it's just it's, it's bad. It's it, bad. It's 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 just it's just bad. Um, all right, we're gonna get a little more specific after the break, okay? Because there are particular players that are just not showing up right now. We got to acknowledge it. We do want to mention. Oh, this is an appropriate sponsor. Do you have a water leak? You can't find where it's coming from. You're dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business called Water Cleanup of Florida. Our friends Michael Roberts, the rest of his team, they're there for you 24 hours a day. They don't take an all-star break. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, more than 60 years of combined experience, more than 70 five-star reviews on Google. It's at WCUFL.com, WCUFL.com, 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. Fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping. Busy homeowners, business owners require their base in Boca, but they service all of the counties down here. Again, 954-579-0356. If you've got the schmutz, they got the guts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And I do want to mention, uh, we've been doing these playback uh uh, basically in-game stuff. We're going to do it again on Monday. Uh, so join us there for Heat at Philadelphia. It's kind of a watch party without having to actually meet us in person. So just come hang out with us, um, spend some time, and we'll post it up on the Twitter handle now that I'm back uh, back working this week. All right. Um, let's get specific on some guys. I mean, Gabe Vincent's gotten his chance. That's what I called for. Not working. Now there's word that Lowry may be coming back. By the way, our injury report, Eric Rubenstein. Reach out to me, ericrubenstein.com, our personal injury attorney. Kyle Lowry was upgraded to questionable. 
So it looks like he may make it back before the end of February, which there was some discussion. Uh, we, we've talked about how they've tried to patch some things behind the scenes. Appears they've done that enough to at least get him back in, and Gabe Vincent has not seized the starting job. Then, Victor Oladipo. I mean, he's had time off, and he's come back, and this is the worst he's looked all year. Max Struess can't make a shot. Duncan Robinson, limited minutes, isn't doing anything. Caleb Martin moved to the bench. That was going to sort of unleash him, right? He's been worse there. You know, I, I'm looking at – I mean, I know we talk about what well, maybe this is saving them from paying some guys, like maybe Struess and Vincent, what they maybe otherwise would have had to. Maybe it's making decisions easier for them. Maybe it's making decisions harder for them. I don't know. But, I mean, these are all guys that they are significantly counting on. Like, these are not, like, you know, borderline. This is not Cody Zeller are you picking up in the middle of a season, okay? Like, Victor Oladipo, you you paid him a significant sum to come in here and give you something, and he was, and now he's not. Gabe Vincent, again, they got to make a decision. Is this a starting point guard or not? Potentially, it doesn't look like it at the moment. Caleb Martin, they already paid him. I still like that signing. But, okay, he's got to acclimate back to his old role now um, after I thought, you know, he did as good as he could or as well as he could in, in that role. And Struess, again, if you're going to be mostly the shooting specialist, you got to shoot better, more consistently. And then Duncan, we've kind of had that discussion. So I, I just th – that's the thing, right? It, it, none of them. None of them are doing anything. Like, I, you know, I mean, I know people have, can nitpick at Tyler – okay and and they and they are okay and they always will and they can nitpick with jimmy and his minutes and and all that and bam they're always going to find something even though i don't know what the hell you find at this point but like the other guys like they got to give you something they got to give you something and they're not and he, he, here's the big part of it that i think uh is the big takeaway you hear a lot lately about heat fans frustrated with top end um not not top end i guess the pedigree with which the majority of the roster is built and i think that there is something to be said for the balance between having enough hungry dogs that are undrafted and need to need to prove something and want to earn a check and having maybe too many of those guys and i think that this is an, a situation where when we i can't say it enough when the, when you are inactive through the summer and through the regular season up to the deadline. And then through the buyout market, you eventually plug a hole, but it essentially like was like the last transaction that could be made. So you basically just went with this group. You were relying, you, you had to have Gabe Vincent, Victor Oladipo um, to a lesser extent, Duncan Robinson, but Max Struess, Kyle Lowry, Vic, if I didn't say him already, these guys had to play well. They had no other choice. Like part of this was them doubling down on these guys. And, and so I just, I think that will likely inform roster building go forward. Not that they need to go out and get a bunch of reclamation projects or that they're going to, you know, be trying to target lottery picks that are down in other scenarios. I'm not saying that they're changing strategy, but I do think that when you see these guys have their absolute best seasons in Miami, maybe that's not like the beginning of the upwards trend. It's the, they reach yeah. their peak when they get there. And then that's kind of like the max moment. So it's like, I, I think that that's something they'll think about as they invest money going forward in some of these guys. Well, it's not just invest money. It's also invest time and, and, and it's invest it's opportunity cost, right? Like, and I'm not against the whole program. We have touted their developmental program. 
but it may have gone too far and we should do a whole episode on it and they may need to reevaluate it. And I understand, and I've said this before, that every agent calls the heat after the draft to try to get their guy on their summer league team because they know that they can make players of them. But you're right. We should at one point, and maybe we'll do that this week, unless there's a long losing streak, we're going to have to find out something to do. Um, but like that, there, that maybe, I mean, who is the, the guy that really kept getting better, even in the heat system? Like, okay, UD is one example, I think, of, again, prior to the, 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 the foot injury that, that happened obviously in 2010, 2011, that, you know, UD became a starting power forward on a championship team. Okay. Even though he had a max level that he could get to talent wise. Okay. But most of the other guys, like, yes, they got more out of them than anybody expected. Like Joel Anthony became more than anybody expected, but he never developed hands. Okay. Right. Like literally he did not have hands. Okay. Shout out to Joel who's now a GM in, in Canada, I believe. Uh, so, but you know, you can talk about developing guys, but again, there are ceilings to these guys. Like it's not like they've developed. Yeah. And I know again, the counter is going to be, well, they've developed Tyler and they've developed Bam. And yes, beyond any wildest expectations for guys drafted 13th and 14th, no question about it. They got an all-star and a borderline all-star. They got two guys who were worthy of extensions. That's terrific. Okay. But I'm just saying like, we talk about some of these other guys. I, I do think sometimes there is an overestimation of how much more you can keep moving the needle with them. And when you have a great coaching staff that got them to a certain point, you know, this group led by Spolster and Quinn and all the rest of them, Juwan prior to that, it's kind of like, okay, now, now what? Like now, and, and you are seeing it this year. Like you are seeing the regression in those guys, all of them pretty much, except Caleb. Although I do think there has been some with Caleb, but I don't think it's been Caleb's fault because of the circumstances he was put into. But that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm trying to find the guy that they developed that, that just exploded. Well, you know you what know I'm what? saying? And I, I'm just looking this up quickly. Um, UD was young when they, I mean, he was born in yeah. 1980 and his career started in, in, I think 2003. No, well, 2003, he was 23. He, he was on their summer league team the year before. But he, he actually joined them in in in, uh, in in 2000. So 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 to your point, like he wasn't like the guy they found who was 25 and already you know and had been right. through kind of like that trying to make it into the league. Like yes, Udonis was doing that, but he still was a little had a few years to his advantage. Um, I can't think of the guy who necessarily, from an undrafted perspective, who was already. Let's just I'm using the arbitrary age of 25 because it signals that the, the draft process is well behind them um, that has that continued to get better and continued to get better. And I'm sure that there's somebody and we'll think of it the minute. Well, Hassan was, Hassan was that guy, actually, until he got paid. Right. Like yeah, that's that's true. OK. And then it's been I mean, he can't even get a job now like this. That was but Tyler Johnson got to a point then started to see some cracks. They paid him even with seeing those cracks. Roddy Magruder kind of knew what he was. You know what I mean? Like they never, even going way back, like Anthony Carter, obviously on the staff now, AC was good player, good defender, could set up an offense, couldn't really shoot. That never really improved that much. A lot of them were one skill guys. Like Deshaun Leonard was a shooter, but you never, you know, there, and he he's, a, he's an underrated defender, but he never really got a handle, okay, or anything. Mm -hmm. Like it's just like I mean, you you can they're very good at identifying a skill and maximizing it. The problem, and I think we can discuss this on a future episode, 
is that so take, take Duncan Robinson as the example. Once other teams start to sort of hone in on that skill, it's like, what else do you have? And then like we're doing like golf claps for one drive to the basket every four games or one good read on a dribble handoff. And you're kind of like, okay, but that's not enough to preclude someone else being pursued for that, you know, uh, position in the rotation or in starting line. And I think that's, and, and even with Shrews, like he's more multidimensional than Duncan, but it's clear that teams have a book on him. now, And it's, that's made it more difficult for him, especially because there's no other shooter on the floor. <laughs> so they are going to zone in on him, even if he's shooting 31, 32% on high volume. So I, I just think there's a lot for us to dig into there. I, I don't think the situation is hopeless, but it was very deflating for me to watch this because I thought I was going to come back to a team that you know, probably lose to Milwaukee in a close game, beat Charlotte, and look like even money against Philadelphia. They look like they're going to get blown out against the Sixers, honestly. And then they come back for that homestand, and it, that is that could be a mess. I mean, look, look at the teams on that homestand. See, like, but they could be buried after that homestand. Like, I don't know what the, the hell we're going to do. The schizophrenic nature of this is that they win a few in a row and we keep doing this. It doesn't mean it changes the outlook of the playoff trajectory right. of the team, but like, that's kind of the seesaw thing that I hope uh, you're it's right. Just, I, it's I unfortunate, right. but I don't want to do transaction talk the last 10 games of the season. I really don't, but I, it's just, you know, well, I mean, we're, we're going to do an episode on who's going to ask. I mean, that, that Barry was basically doing that on Twitter as a therapeutic exercise for himself today. Like what player is going to demand to be out of a current spot? Like that's if we're there with 20 games left in the season, because there's no hope. Yeah, that's it, it's that says a lot. It's not, not a good place to be. I'm tired of people apologizing to us that they like listening to us, but they're just tired of this team this year. So that's. Maybe we've regressed too. That's possible. It happens. All right. Thanks to Greg. Uh, we will definitely <laughs> we'll definitely be here with more episodes this week. We are doing playback on Monday. We're in this as long as it lasts, but I'm already booking my vacation plans. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.